What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. And wow, do we have a ton of stuff going on, man, from bowl game decisions to transfer portals to people uh, leaving out of the program to possible coaching changes to all this stuff. There's just been so much to talk about in Ohio State football land. And I'll tell you what, dude, I'm here for all of it. How you doing, Senor Davis? I'm actually I'm doing better. I'm off the ledge. I'm still on the roof. Still got the rope. But I'm off the ledge. Um, you know, the CFP committee, that's, I think, where we need to start, because that's what everyone's talking about. And it's been the most controversial release of the entire 10 year long span that the, the CFP 14 committee has done. And I'm just I'm just going to leave it at that kind of open ended and we'll take it wherever that may lead. Well, I'm going to say this. Um, because I told this to people and I think maybe people don't remember when the CFP started and don't remember, uh, things that were brought up in the beginning of the CFP in the early stages. I can say with a hundred percent confidence that the criteria that the CFP is using to make these rankings has changed dramatically from day one till now. Would you agree with that statement? Well, yeah, I mean, and that's going to be natural to an extent just because the committee is not the exact same committee it was 10 years ago. As a matter of fact, it's a different one than it was last year. True, the but the before. rules never changed. Well, bylaws never changed. The bylaws, that's the whole problem is there was never really any laws or anything behind it. Everything was left open-ended and up, you know, up for debate on how you decided to set well, your not criteria. Really. They, no, if you remember, they set the criteria. They told us what mattered. They said it was like head-to-head. What mattered, not what the fact is. You, you hit the point there. You're right. It they, they had a criteria of what mattered, but it's to each individual person, and – I don't mean to cut you off, but, you know, we hear the same phrase every single year. We want the best four teams in, best four teams in. Tell me in all honesty, you know, and obviously I know this isn't going to be statistically accurate, but just based upon your own knowledge, how many years do you think they actually got the top four best teams in? I'm talking the best four teams in the country, regardless think, of record. I think you'll never know. I think you'll I think never you, know. I think, well, I can already throw you a few in here. Um, the year that, uh, Michigan state got in, they weren't one of the best four and we happened to have lost to them by three points in 2015. In my opinion, we were one of the best teams that year. See, I was um, more thinking of the opposite. I was thinking about like how we snuck in and ended up winning the entire thing. Okay. But then like another team that gets put out, like you don't know, like maybe the first team out this year would have beat one of the other teams. Like you don't know. You well, know what I mean? It, Exactly. You don't know. But I mean, I, I can at least tell you in a handful of years, you know, they went with more deserving than they went with best. I mean, look at Cincinnati the year they got in. That was all earned. That wasn't they really believe Cincinnati was one of the best four teams in the country. Come on, a group of five, one of the best four in the country. You got to be shitting me, dude. OK, so that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about, because. They said they want to get the best four teams in the country, but I think that's only relevant when there isn't deserving teams in the country. I'm sorry to say that, but it is true. If you're going to tell me for all these years, for the last, I don't know, what is it, nine, ten, nine years? Ten years. They started in 2014, so it's been ten years. Yeah, that, that being undefeated and winning a conference championship, we've had so many arguments about conference championship winners versus non and one loss versus no loss. Dude, if you're in a Power 5 conference and you win out and you win a title game, that is earned. 
that shouldn't be taken away from you. At the end of the day, I'm sorry to say this, dude, but this is my argument with Alabama, and it's real simple. Uh, next to their name, there's a dash and then a one. And that one is a loss. And I don't give a shit who it's to or when it happened. The point is, they lost. Are they a better, better football team? Maybe. They may be. Do, is their quarterback healthy? Yes, but let's not forget the first half of the year where he looked like absolute dog shit. But anyway, long story short, dude, that one should only come into play when the other number isn't zero. And Florida State's number was zero, dude. I will never buy into that. Florida State should have been in the playoffs, regardless of who I think is the better team. Florida State earned it. They should be in the playoffs. Yeah, so we always have this discussion, and like when we're giving our own rankings or we're discussing the rankings as the season goes on. But at the end of the day, you know, the pit in your stomach that you feel like I don't have any affiliation with Florida State. I could honestly care less. But when I first heard them announce it, I had like my stomach dropped out. Like I felt like an, unju- an injustice was done. You know, I understand that Alabama is probably going to be the better team, especially with Florida State's quarterback going down. I understand that. But Florida State should have been rewarded with the fact that they didn't lose and continue to win with a backup and then with a third string, regardless of how it looked, because they kept that zero in the column. And it's not like they played a crappy out-of-conference schedule. They played LSU and won that fair and square. And they still played at Clemson that's now a ranked team. And they still had, you know, they still beat um, a Louisville team that obviously still made the ACC championship game and embarrassed them on defense. I mean, completely shut them down. I was going to say, you you know something else? Alabama struggled in several games this year. And on top of that, let's not forget this one thing because I want to throw it out there. Everyone's talking about basically it's Florida versus or Florida State versus Alabama and, you know, the one loss. But let's not forget this. Texas had a loss, too, and they're in, too. So it's two one-loss teams over them, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And the funny thing, too, is if you, you're giving Alabama so much credit for beating a number one Georgia, it's funny that they put Georgia at six and Florida State at five. So you're telling me Florida State's better ranking-wise than Georgia, but yet Alabama and Texas are both better? No. I, how does that, how does that make sense? Like, if you're going to go ahead and jump Alabama and Texas above Florida State— then Georgia should have been number five. Exactly. So then I would love to ask him that. So why did you feel like Florida State should be above Georgia? And I'm telling you this much right now. The answer better not be because they're undefeated. No, here's the real reason behind all this, in my opinion. And I listen to a lot of other podcasts and read articles and, you know, just kind of my own opinion on some of this stuff. But first of all, the reason why they did that is because they wanted to wanted it to be dramatic. It would have been dramatic had they released it and put Florida state at six, you know, and first of all, that would have felt even more unjust than what they did, which actually, to be perfectly honest, it would have made more sense because then they really valued both Georgia and Alabama and the sec. And then you have to put Texas in ahead because of the head to head. But, you know, all this comes down to the fact that, you know, and I told you in the last episode where I was hoping for chaos, the exact scenario happened. We needed Florida State to win. We needed uh, Texas to win. We needed Washington to win. And we needed Alabama to win. And I told you in that scenario, I really felt confident the SEC would get left out. And come to find out that, you know, if the SEC didn't get in, ESPN was set to lose over $100 million because of an SEC uh, SEC team not getting in. I don't know what metrics they used for that, but I read an article where ESPN was set to lose a ton of money without them getting in. I and just best don't believe feel, 
Well, best believe, I mean, every news media that you listen to after that Florida State game ended, every person on ESPN or any ESPN affiliate was talking about how Alabama was the more deserving team. And that was the narrative that was being driven. And come to find out how funny it is that obviously Alabama ends up going in over top of them. And it just it, – it, it, I understand that Alabama on the field right now is the better team. But they've not they gone with it. the four best teams. Yes, they've not earned it. You still have to play the games. And at the end of the day, whether or not they went on – you know, won the last eight games in a row, went unbeaten in the SEC and beat the number one team, that's great. That's a hell of a feat. And most other years, you probably should have been a top four team and deserved – but in this year, when you had three unbeatens and the other one lost team is a team that you lost head to head to, you should not have gotten in. Ohio State lost one game in 2015 by three points to Michigan State, and they didn't even sniff the top four. We lost one year, one game this year on the road to the number one team in the country in the final ranking by six points. That dude, and, and we're on. and we're seventh, and we're seventh in the country. Now I'm not arguing that we should or shouldn't be seventh, but I'm just saying the margins are razor thin this year. So that loss should have been that much more penalizing for Alabama that, well, that and they I had no think, reason getting in. But you're not setting a good precedent either. You're you're basically telling Florida State the reason they didn't get in is because their their number one quarterback got hurt. Like, and because they're projecting you? what they expect's going to happen, and that's not so, fair. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be judging on what has happened on the field. Right. So, but if I'm a coach, so you know what I'm thinking? Well, okay. Then I need to sit my starting quarterback every game. I don't need him. I need Absolutely. to start I mean, yeah. And yeah, strategizing I mean, he, Yeah, he, and he was only going to play a half, but he got hurt in the first quarter and broke his leg against what Northern Alabama. But that's so or terrible, what, dude. Think an about an FCS team. Think about him, though. Think about his life and think about his career at Florida State. Basically, you're saying, hey, your team had a season where they grinded. They had to grind it out. They had to overcome obstacles and still came out as perfect as you can be in college football. And you still didn't make it all because your leg broke. Yeah, look at the 2002 Ohio State team. Who's going to sit there and tell me that they look like one of the two best teams in the country that year? Nobody. I mean, hell, everyone expected Miami to win that game, even Miami. I mean, they already booked the after party. That's why no. you still lace them up and you still play. I don't care if they're a double-digit underdog. Look what uh, Washington did to Oregon this weekend or this past weekend. And everyone was expecting an Oregon win, and Oregon's going to be in it. And everyone's already talking about Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. Well, guess what? Washington shut that shit up real quick. I'm just disgusted, dude. I just... And I don't care what anybody says, dude. You you can we can argue about this all day long. And if you don't agree with me, I really don't care. Every single year, the CFP has valued something else. It's been something different. Oh well, and then they tell you that they've been doing that all along. Oh, we 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 value a player's injury. No, you didn't. Then the year before, it's like, yeah. oh well, we value a conference championship. No, you didn't. Like there's been there's been so many times that they've told us that something outweighs other things, and then the very next year, proven us completely opposite. And and I and mm. I don't care if you disagree or not. That is a hundred percent fact. And then you want to sit there and even compare strength of schedules. That's one side where you can definitely look at Florida State and it was lower, but they still have a zero in the loss column. And then you want to look at Ohio State. And I'm not making the argument that I think Ohio State should have been in, but Ohio State finished the season with the number one strength of schedule. And you know exactly. 
But and, and they're ranked they, they're and they're and they're the worst ranked one loss team in the CFP. Yeah. But you should be able to say the same Explain thing. Explain that to me. Explain that to me. It's it's very simple, dude, to me. Um, and we talked about this all year. I do not disagree with Ohio State's ranking at all, and I'm going to tell you why. All year long, we've had the same complaints that everybody else in the country has had, dude. Ho-hem offense, pretty good defense, right? Well, dude, we lost. The only thing keeping us up there was the record of undefeated. To be totally honest with you, we do not look like a good football team on both sides of the ball. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's mainly on the offense, but yeah, I agree with you. But you know what I'm saying? So, like, the it, all it takes is that you lost. Like, we finally lost, so that puts us back down. It puts us right down, to be honest, where I rightfully believe we should be. Yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with our ranking. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to – honestly, what it comes down to, if you look at the grand scheme – um, early on in the CFP rankings, they kind of went with more deserving or a kind of a mixture of more deserving slash, uh, eye test. But at the end of the day, this is the first committee that I can remember over the entire span where they went simply off eye tests. Now, a couple of those were guarantees, Washington and Michigan. I understand which Michigan still looked terrible against Iowa. Um, you know, honestly, in my opinion, based upon how they looked overall, I might've put Washington at one. But at the end of the day, uh, when it came down to the tiebreakers, this is the first year I really feel like they went more with eye test than more deserving. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was yeah, a I big, that, that. It, but it's a big jump, man. I mean, it's not just Alabama. It's not an Alabama and an SEC thing for me. Obviously, I know that we can blame it on that. It's just the fact that Florida State is a power five school. Whether or not you believe the ACC was good or not, they went unbeaten. They played LSU in the out-of-conference schedule. But, but I just I, I just don't understand, like, when you win every single game in your conference as a Power 5 team and you schedule, obviously, LSU in, you know, the out-of-conference, which that should have given you even more. I mean, it's the reason why Ohio State got the benefit of playing Notre Dame. And, like, you should have gotten SEC credit for that. SEC won't do and that. It, and it's the bull crap argument that Boo Kerrigan, um, you know, the AD at North Carolina State, who funny is in the ACC, but he's the chair of the committee. You know, when they asked for an explanation, they just pretty much said, well, Florida State's not the same team they were. Okay. Well, do they not get any recollection for the first 10 games that they did and the schedule they had to go through? And, you know, also the same thing is, you know, the, the third string quarterback, uh, quarterback that played in the ACC championship game is not going to be the quarterback that's going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be their backup, Rudebaker or Rudemaker or whatever his name is. Uh, he was just out because of a concussion from the Florida game. But you can't sit there and reasonably tell me that they didn't deserve their shot more so than you just felt Alabama was that good. I mean, you It'd be different if Alabama was blowing everyone out by 30, 40 points to finish the season, but they needed a almost Hail Mary fourth and 31 to beat a six and six Auburn team. I mean, what are we talking about here? But but this is why I prefer the BCS, because if you think about it right now, let's take it up a level. If you go to the NFL right now, okay, and the Patriots are undefeated and Tom Brady goes down with two games left in the season and the Bills have one loss in the East, 
Okay, they're not going to say, oh, well, God, man, the, the Bills look like a better team right now because uh, Tom Brady's down. No, they earned the AFC championship, and they will play for the AFC championship. Yeah, but, I mean, it, I understand where you're coming from, but it's different. Just because NFL, it's there's no committee, there's no judgment call, there's tiebreakers. This is what I'm talking about. So what I'm there. saying is that's why I said right before that statement is that I prefer the BCS. There's too much human element in, in CFP. There is. There's too much well, emotion. it's funny because we argued for the human element because we wanted it to say, well, well hey, take it what back. happens when this person gets hurt or what happens when they're back. playing in bad weather and, you know, as bad as Ohio State's win last year against Northwestern looked, but they were playing in gale force winds like, you know, I, but you are right. I think the human element has some upside to where you can kind of see through some of some of the biased numbers and, you know, every number is treated differently based upon you know, conditions and pl- personnel and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think there's more human error than there is a positive effect with humans. Like, I'll be perfectly honest. I would be happy if the committee gets squashed once we go to the 12 and you just do a computer ranking for your 12 and just let it be that. I mean, I'll put it this way. I almost feel like a certain amount of these things should be a computer ranking, and then maybe there should be some like some human element involved in the last couple spots. Because I feel like there there could be like uh you know some issues and some common sense judgments that need to be made that a computer wouldn't make. But I I, I would agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, actually I do kind of like that idea that you know maybe at least for your four or maybe for the Maybe for all of your your top eight, so your four guaranteed buys next year, which is going to be your four conference winners, and for the next four that are going to get the home game for the first round of the playoffs, then maybe that should be all on computer. Yeah. And then for your last four teams, that's what they that's what they judge on, and yeah. give give the committee the last four teams in, you know. And I think that would be. I mean, sure, there's still going to still going to be some arguments. But at least you can say, if you have an argument, I'm pretty sure if you're one of the last four teams in, you have at least two losses. So yeah. then you at least have some blame in that. And sure, I mean, you could be angry, but it's not going to be anything along the lines of 13-0 Florida State winning the ACC, winning an SEC at a conference game against a top 15, top 20 team getting left out. I mean, I know. it's it's criminal, man. But it is. It, it, it's just at the end of the day. People are on one side of this or the other, and I think everyone feels bad for Florida State. I don't think anyone is, like, not sympathetic. However, you have some people that believe more for deserving and uh, people that just believe simply that Alabama is a better team. I don't think there's any discussion that Alabama is the better team, especially with the personnel that they're going to be able to put on the field in the playoff. But at the end of the day, it's just. Where do you lie? Do you think they deserved it? Do you think they should get in just on deserving? Or do you think it really should be the best team? And, uh, you know, it's one of the first times. Honestly, it's the most controversial call of all time in college sports, in my opinion. I I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. I think it should be the best four teams when there's a question about if a team is deserving. That's the best way to put it. If you are undefeated in a Power 5 conference, you need to go. If you are not undefeated or something happens that throws a wrench in that, either you have a loss or maybe you were undefeated till the conference championship or, you know, something like that, then maybe there can be a conversation there. But to me, undefeated, Power 5 conference, conference champion, there is no there is no conversation. 
if you have a loss, there's no conversation. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately for Florida State, it ended up being a perfect storm. Uh, the ACC is down this year. Uh, your blue blood Clemson uh, started the season off, what, four and four or something like that. Um, did not look good. I mean, the highlight of your of your uh, uh, of your conference was Miami early and they petered off. Then it was Duke and they petered off. And then LS or Louisville comes out of nowhere. But Louisville has by far one of the worst losses ever, losing by 20, 30 points at Pitt, a terrible Pitt team. And, you know, I honestly believe that even with all of that, had uh, Florida State just put up a few more points against Florida in Louisville the last couple of weeks, they still would have been in. And let me ask you this, and I heard this in, in another podcast, but, you know, it really got me thinking, too. Let's say that Louisville, was, instead of it being 10-2 and two Louisville, say it was 10-2 and two Clemson, and that was the same exact score, 16-6. to six. What do you think would have happened? If that's a 12th-ranked Clemson team or 14th-ranked Clemson team, whatever Louisville's ranking was, but it was Clemson on the helmet instead of Louisville, what do you think would have happened? Well, dude, it's hard for me to say, and this is why I'm going to say perception that. Perception is that Louisville is garbage, and Louisville well, yeah, snuck the, to – somehow Louisville snuck into it. But I'm sorry. They didn't have divisions yeah, but there's, in the ACC. There's perception, but you just got done telling me 10 minutes ago that uh, ESPN would have lost $100 million to not put an SEC team in. Right. So I don't really know that it really matters who's – Well, I, I, I think – I think they were trying to find everything they could to leave Florida State out, and their excuse was Jordan Travis getting hurt and I know, barely beating. I know they started beating. this narrative weeks ago. Yes, yes, the narrative was started absolutely, and you know we've I don't know how many people are actually aware of the people that are on the committee, but I'd say out of the what is this, 13 members, I think something like that. Uh, a little over half of them are ADs. Some of them are past coaches. And then there's a couple that have nothing to do with football. But to be, be perfectly honest, I'd say the majority of it, if not every member there, has either not played football or knows very little about football or doesn't even really fully understand what they're watching or how to analyze anything. So they're watching these games, you know, as kind of a bias from a biased position. Because if you're an AD, obviously you have some sort of conference affiliation. Um, but on right. top of that, I mean, how honestly, you know, how biased is this? And in one thing to kind of keep in mind is 13 is a really small number in regards to getting a random sample size. You right. know, uh, I, I remember my statistics class back in college. And in order to realistically get some sort of accurate number that is like based off random numbers, you have to have at least a set of like 40, 50 numbers or more. In order to get more of a, a random sample size, but when you have 13, uh, an obvious bias can swing that vote. And I'm not right. saying that happened or didn't happen, but you know, when, when we're talking about something as razor thin as this, you know, it just everything about it felt wrong to me. So at the end of the day, we could beat a dead horse, but I think we're we're at least both on the same page that we do not agree with their decision. No, we do not. But the good news that I'll leave you with is this Michigan's not going to get a cakewalk. <laughs> did you see the video when they released, uh, the yeah, number they 14, were like, oh. they're like, yeah. Oh, and then you get like three or four white guys in the back. that are like clapping their hands. Like, dude, dude, you don't even play on the team. I don't know what you're clapping about. Like they realize what just happened. So at least the one good thing is that Michigan didn't get a cakewalk and they do have to go against Alabama. And I'm sure that you saw the video of 
how happy obviously Michigan's team looked, you know, finding out, you know, they obviously were disappointed, but um I I now am going towards uh you know, when I'm looking at this playoff in the future, I know we'll kind of get more picks when it gets closer, but you know, it kind of seems set up for an Alabama run again. Um I'll be perfectly honest with you. I made two future bets. Um I put 50 bucks on Alabama to win the national title at plus 250 odds. And I also threw an extra 20 on Washington to win the national title at plus 700. So as long as Texas or Michigan doesn't win, I'm going to win at least 100 bucks at the end of the year. Huh. I picked Texas. Well, as long as Michigan doesn't win the national title, one of us is going to make money. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I just feel like matchup-wise, um, real quick, uh, Alabama takes care of Michigan. I don't think that'll even be a question. And uh, Washington has absolutely zero defense. So I think that even though they got a high-powered offense, they get beat by uh, Texas. And you got Alabama, Texas in the national championship. And from there, it is simply the fact that I cannot keep my vomit down long enough to ever root for Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. I, I think I think we can at least leave it with this before we transition to our next topic that we – are probably not expecting Michigan to beat Alabama. Would that be fair to say? I got to be honest with you, dude. Can I tell you this? And this may be an unpopular opinion. Michigan may be ranked number one. I don't think they beat anybody in the playoffs. Yeah. I got to yeah. be honest. I don't think they're well, that good of a football team. If you team. really think about it, with as many shortcomings at – can't even talk. With as many shortcomings as Ohio State had this year, and as bad as we played in the game at their place, we still only lost by six and had a chance to win it with 30 seconds left at their 35-yard line. Exactly, and we let them score the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, the entire as, second half. As bad as we played that game, and as you know, as handcuffed as we were with quarterback play, uh, we still probably should have won that game. So yeah, I'm not expecting Michigan to get past that, and I'm looking forward to. <laughs> at least having something rub back in their face. Now, sure, they can, they have things they can say for the last three years, and it is what it is, but as long as we don't see any more Michigan success, I'll be happy. So, obviously, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I was completely surprised when I wake up Monday morning to find out, once the portals opened up, that Kyle McCord entered his name into the transfer portal. Um, needless to say, I know that it made me feel good. Um, I was excited about it because I'm going to get what I wanted, which is to see Devin Brown, at least in this bowl game coming up. Uh, but give me your initial reaction once you saw that. Well, I hate to quote the great Ben Davis because I don't know if I'm allowed to, because what we say to each other off the air is not the same as what we say on the air sometimes. But, uh, hey. If uh, if you're scared of a little bit of competition here in Columbus, Ohio, you don't want to compete for a starting job. You don't think you got to work for it every day. Get the f- out. Mm-hmm. So I may like, or may not have said that in so many words. You said that almost exactly. And okay. if anyone so wants then, a screenshot, I'd be willing to send it. OK, so I said it. But it's true. <laughs> and honestly, isn't that what Ohio State's been missing the last three years is some sort of sense of pride in the school, some sort of sense of pride in this rivalry. And I don't know if it's been a coaching mistake or a player culture mistake or what it is or, you know, just bad play calling in the game or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, you know, if I looked for the entire span of this season, 
you know, and I knew it was going to take some time to warm up to Kyle because it took some time for us to warm up to CJ Stroud in his first year. Um, it never felt right to be perfectly honest with me, with you. Uh, it, it felt like a fraud the whole time. Um, you could tell by his demeanor, by, you know, his inaccurate play, by his inconsistencies, by the lack of fight in him. Um, it just, he, he did not feel like he was the right person for the job. And I feel like, you know, I, I just honestly, I feel like Ryan Day screwed this whole thing up. I think he picked the wrong guy the whole year. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth, dude. Um, you don't think Devin Brown's going to have a chance to even sniff the playing field at Ohio State, do you? I mean, you said you were excited to see him. I don't understand why. Why? Well, first of all, what makes you think he won't sniff the field? First of all, he's, he's definitely going to he's definitely going to start in the he bowl game. He absolutely won't start. They're going to bring in a transfer right now, and he's not going to start over them. Then he's going to transfer out, and then you have Kyle Holtz and Aaron Noland at the bottom of the chart. They're going to bring up the pack. Devin Brown will never see the field at Ohio State after we get a transfer, unless there's an injury. Guaranteed. Mm, I, 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 I kind of want to bet you on this on a future bet. As a matter of fact, I'm going to right here and right now if you're if you're willing okay. to take the bet. Um, unless there's an injury, he will not beat out someone to start. I'll take that bet. If we get a transfer, this all depends sure. on if we get a sure. transfer. Sure, I'll take that bet. So you think Devin Brown, if we get one of these top transfers, is going to beat out? He couldn't even beat out fucking Kyle McCord, dude. Well, I don't know how much you've been paying attention, but so what? There's... His leg injury or the fact that he can't pass the ball? I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole because we'll be here 30 minutes talking about this and arguing about this. But I'm just saying, dude. I don't I'm just know telling you my feeling. You, you are right. I'm going a little bit more off trust. I've seen enough of the things and from what I've heard from reliable people that comment on it that I truly believe that Devin Brown, especially just his demeanor alone, and when the times he's been in the game, I've seen the offense have a little more flow to it. Is he going to be a little more rough around the edges when it comes to the passing game, especially earlier on? Probably. But you know what? I still guarantee that, you know, if we have to tell, if I had to ask you right now, who would you rather take, JT Barrett or Kyle McCord? I know what your answer would be. And don't you dare say Kyle McCord as much as you hate JT. No, but JT, at least. Would I take Devin Brown or Lincoln Kineholtz? I'm taking Lincoln. Well, okay, so Lincoln's a possibility. I'm not throwing that out there either. I think Lincoln could possibly, but. All right, let me let me at least make this bet. Can I change my bet a little? No. You already okay. made it. No, we didn't put any terms on it yet. You said, no, I want to make the bet. Okay? Well, let me, a- you let, say, let me, let me ask you if I can make this adjustment. If not, the then I'll stick. No. You don't even know what my adjustment's going to be. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Will the starter next, next year be someone that is currently in the quarterback room right now? Well, and my answer to, is yes. You think the starter is going to be someone that's there now? Yes. Mm. So that gives me between Lincoln and Devin. Okay, but let me tell you something. Have you not read any news or anything from Ryan Day where he has actually indicated that he is searching to get somebody from the transfer portal? Well, sure. Why wouldn't you? And so you think that one of these top quarterbacks, because that's who they're courting right now. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I've heard a lot of information that says that that decision may already be made. Well, who do you think think it is? You know who I think it is. No, I don't. Yes, you do. And the rest of Buckeye Nation does too, dude. Washington State, bud. So you think it's going to be, is it Cameron Ward? Yep. You think it's going to be him? I do think it's going to be him. Okay. 
And if it is, I'm excited and I'm really happy. And, and about if it that. is, does your bet change? No, I'll stick with my bet. You think that? <laughs> I'll stick with it. You know what, dude? You're right. I will take that bet. And you know something else, dude? I wish we could go back in time. That way, when Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Broncos, you could bet me that freaking Tristan uh, Gebbia was going to start over him. If he <laughs> Tristan Gebbia? We're not talking about Tristan Gebbia. Are you serious? You can't be serious right now. You're talking about one, somebody on hey, the roster hey, starting hey, hey. over that guy. I'll, ta- he'll, I'll take the bet. He'll take the bet. He'll take the bet? Okay. Take well, the then bet. let's make it big. Oh, God. When we don't know the definition of that. I don't know what big looks like, but if someone could tell me, I, that's how I want to make it. <laughs> um, <laughs> a bottle of whiskey. A bottle of whiskey? Mm-hmm. And you got to pour every glass for me until it's gone. If if I'm in person with you, obviously I'm not going to drive from Kentucky up to Ohio to yes, pour you your will. glass. Yes, you I, will. I will not. And I want to be called Sire. <laughs> Okay, I want to be like, so when I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So let's make the turn. So here I'm it is like, right now. I'm, uh, let me be clear on, dude, as day. I cling, I cling the glass with the ice in it. I'm like, Benjamin. And you're like, yes, sire. And then you <laughs> you pour the drink. That's the way I okay. want it. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. So bottle of whiskey. Whenever we're in person, the other person has to pour them as many glasses as, as they want of that. And they have to refer to them as sire. That's correct. And the bet is the starter for Ohio State next year is someone currently in the room right now. If there is a transfer. So assuming that we bring someone in okay. from the portal. Okay. Yeah. Deal. I'll take okay. the bet. Okay. Oh, yeah, bud. Just so you know, dude, I like my whiskey slightly chilled. That's the same. <laughs> Actually, slightly chilled. Just put mine, put mine in the freezer. <laughs> you ain't gotta put i don't like an ice cube in it dude it i cannot it believe that i'm coming that i'm hearing this from you so it's it's music to my ears oh god I, sorry i burped like we're during the middle of it it's music Listen, to my ears I, man. i'm hedging my bet like i'm i'm all over the place this year i mean i'm down by one on prop or down by two on prop bets for the year and i got one game left to sweep to win the year so so since we're into it dude let me just go ahead and give you my synopsis because this is the way i see it happening you got devin brown there Okay, and obviously you've got, uh, you know, you've got your two younger guys. You got Aaron Nolan coming in, you know what I mean? And you got Kineholz. Okay, everybody, I know his name is pronounced Keenholz, actually, um, but I still call him Kineholz, so deal with it. But anyway, so you got the German kid, you got Aaron Nolan coming in, and you got Devin Brown there. Okay, now I think we are going to bring in one of the top five to seven transfers in the entire country. And I think that when he gets here, He's going to be an upperclassman, whoever it is. I don't think it'll be anybody with eligibility left other than one year. And I think when he gets here, he's going to play one year. That's going to be the placeholder. And then I think you're going to see Kine Holtz or Nolan take over. I don't think Devin Brown ever sees the role of starting quarterback here. And he will probably only see limited time in the backup role um, if Keen Holtz is still here. Because I, I contend to that I think he's better than Devin. I got to be honest, dude. It, kind of what you said about uh, – Kyle McCord is what I'm saying about Devin Brown. You're saying, well, hey, if you don't want to stay here in Columbus and compete for an a, or a, you know, a starting job, then get the hell out. And I'm saying, well, if you couldn't beat Kyle McCord, then you need to go ahead and get the hell out too. And that's all I got to say about that. I don't think he was given a fair shake, and I think that's a fair assessment that you can agree with as well. Um, and at the end of the day, since Kyle McCord wasn't losing, Ryan Day wasn't changing. 
I mean, I fully think that if if uh, Kyle McCord would not have pulled off that comeback and that drive against Notre Dame, that Devin Brown yeah, what, would have gotten his chance. But what did Ryan say? What, what, what did Ryan say during the quarterback uh, competition, if you remember coming in, why he said it took into the year a couple of games before he could make a decision? What was the um, main factor? Because Kyle McCord's dad kept calling him and saying, it's not fair. My son should be playing. <laughs> I mean, that might be true. But. He said consistency. That was yeah. the difference. Yeah, but obviously we've seen Kyle ceiling. Exactly. So you and can't I think tell Devin me Brown. I think Devin Brown. Devin Brown a lot didn't higher. beat him out, dude. Based on that, there's no way, dude. That's fine. I have hey, to, listen. I'll put it this way. I you, have you're you're Ryan not Day. entirely wrong, but I'm but gonna on, be. Let me make my point. Ryan Day is supposed to be a quarterback guru, right? And all year long we were making our assessments and we said, yeah, but we just gotta trust Ryan Day. He knows what he's doing. We just gotta trust Ryan Day. If Ryan Day thought that Kyle McCord was the best quarterback, I have to believe that to be true. I have to believe that Devin Brown is so not better. People than make him. mistakes. Urban Meyer screwed up 2015. I do thinking I Cardell think Jones I, was the answer. Having an entire spring and then into the season, I don't think you make that mistake as Ryan Day. I really don't. Listen, he's made a lot of mistakes. Look at the last three years. I mean, well, let me ask you this: Why when Devin Brown has been healed? You know. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> has, Praise has the Lord. Lincoln, Lincoln's been taking the snaps, bud. Why? And he's taken more snaps than you've taken. Pretty much, dude. <laughs> the, only person, the only person on the team that hasn't taken uh, more snaps than Devin Brown is Tristan Gabby. <laughs> Jonathan Moxon ain't worth the Charmin extra soft he wipes his butt with. Um, dude, I'm high on both of them. I'll be perfectly honest with you. And, you know... I hope I'm right, um, but if I'm wrong and we bring in someone else, then fine, so be it. But I really honestly believe that you're going to be thoroughly surprised when you see the product we put on the field uh, on the 29th this month. Well, I, re- I really believe it. I do. Speaking of thoroughly I might surprised. be brainwashed. I might be brainwashed, and I don't care. But you know what? I have to believe in something at this point because what I believed in for the entirety of this season uh, culminated in absolutely jack. Well, let me ask you this, dude. Do you have an issue with Ryan Day coming out publicly and saying that this game is pretty much an exhibition, um, you know, that no. it's pretty much a spring game, a glorified no. spring game? No, because that's what it is now. Now I with mean, the playoff being the four dude, teams. That, I know, dude, but that, is that really what you want to – the message you want to send? You know what? I'll be perfectly honest with you, dude, and I'm being dead serious. I prefer it that way. Now that the way that college football has kind of turned around, like these New Year's Six Bowls and anything that's not a playoff, especially as, you know, Ohio State, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of stake in the game. I mean, because you're already going to be playing a team that you're already probably expected to beat, and it's a lose-lose. Either you beat them and you should have, or you don't beat them and you're like, well, you're terrible. So it's like a lose-lose situation. See, I disagree. Put in the young players and give them a chance to live game. They had their chance. We didn't no, get to the playoffs. No, See you no, later. No, no. What about the seniors that are going to their last bowl game? What about everybody that actually cares about football? Their like, last game saying, was oh, the game that mattered the most. It was Michigan. You should have won that game if you oh, wanted to play another dude, one. Put the you young ones like in. That. You have you to think about like the. That. Oh, really? So you're well, well, you're kind of double standarding yourself no, because would, would this is about the future of the program. Who gives a crap about the seniors at this point? The bowl game is not going to decide the future of the program. It will definitely give you a hell of a lot better of a head start getting into dude, the next it, year dude, than if you play honest. all your seniors. There's nothing that's going to happen in that bowl game that's going to affect next year. Nothing. 
Nothing at all. You're going to see a lot of players. You're going to see quarterbacks, and none of them will probably be starting next year. None of them. And that's I mean, the truth. I disagree because you're going to get a lot of young wide receivers are going to get really good game oh, reps. Oh, dude. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Are you serious right now? I'm, I'm, I'm that absolutely is not going serious. To affect, dude, the spring and the practices and camps is spring what Spring game's a joke, start. by the way, because half the time there's no live hitting and no one's going full speed. I'm sorry. The spring game's a joke. I'm we just like saying, to, dude. You know, just we like to pretend it is what it is, but this is going to be full speed. No, I'm, I said spring practice. Spring practice oh. and camps is going to decide who's going to play where, dude. The bowl game versus Missouri is not, but you got seniors there, dude. This is their last game as a Buckeye, guys that aren't going to the NFL and that aren't hitting the transfer portal. And I don't think it's right to squander their entire well, career you're not sit based on the fact senior, that you want to try out that. quarterbacks. I don't think that that's right. I'm sorry. Well, it's here's my right. thing. If you were a legitimate senior that was going to play and you've been a starter at this point, you had your crack to try to get your ultimate goal. You fell short. You didn't beat Michigan. You didn't win the Big Ten Championship. You didn't go to the playoff. So Who at this point, that that's the ceiling open, for everybody. What's well, the ceiling for the just, program? Dude, you don't want to play. You don't want to play in a bowl game as a senior. This is the argument I'm going to make because this is your complaint for the past where you keep saying that these coaches always feel like they owe these players something. So it's like the good old boy system like, oh, well, you've been in the system. It's a bowl game. It's not a it's it's a starting position. At the end of the day, they had their chance to to accomplish the goals that they wanted for the season. They didn't. This is a consolation prize. Winning and losing this game at the end of the day doesn't really matter. I mean, so you just said it yourself. It's a consolation and it doesn't matter. So why the hell would you use it as a tryout for your players? Let your seniors go out right into the sunset, get them a little shirt that says Cotton Bowl Champions, and you ride off and you figure out your problems on your own f***ing time. I just I feel differently than you do because at that point, well, you feel you need to. Well, no, it's an opinion. So my opinion is right is by incorrect, me. Incorrect, sir. It is not. Wait till you talk to your buddies at work tomorrow. Wait till you talk no. to your buddies at work tomorrow. I guarantee more than half of them aren't going to be on your side because Actually, at this point, nobody in their at right this mind point, gonna... what's the most important thing? Is it winning the combo or is it making sure that we're as prepared as possible for next year? Dude, because at this point, anybody... you have to look towards the future. I know, but you're not going to have anybody on your side for at least the next six months because I'm not the guy that brought a Michigan guy on our podcast. So oh, I'm just saying that right low, now. Low. Hey, listen, you could have you could have vetoed it and you didn't. Well, there was some extenuating circumstances preventing me from doing so, but I told you I wasn't happy about it. But anyway, well, listen, uh, I wasn't doing it to piss anyone off. I was doing it honestly because I was trying to get in an argument and the bastard wouldn't say anything that I disagreed with. Well, let me tell you a little story, dude. It doesn't matter whether or not you meant to murder the guy. You still killed him. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Listen, (laughs) hey, sometimes we all learn our lesson, just like Ryan Day's learned his damn lesson. See, I don't know that, and that's why what you just said right there—that Ryan Day has learned his lesson—is exactly the reason why I think that no one on the roster is going to start a quarterback next year. Potentially, but we made a bet, and I and trust me, I'm not getting the cheap. Sh- so I expect to be called sire. I, hell, I might even make you kiss the ring as you pour my glass every single. First time. of all, no. Because you don't wear a ring, and I'll be damned if you're gonna start wearing a ring for this. That's I'm gonna, gonna yes, I'll, I'll get one. Of, I'll get one of my old bowling 300 rings out. One of those big old giant some bitches. Every time I come up, I'll wear that thing. Jesus Christ. Well, so Kyle's not the only big time transfer um, that we had, uh, and I know we could sit here and go through all the potential quarterbacks that are possible. I know. I'm shocked in, at you right now. I'm shocked. I'm still trying to process it. Go on. 
I'll be honest, man, and I'm not just saying it out of jest. I really – listen, I, if I die on that hill, I will die on that hill, and I will admit I was wrong. But I really believe in Devin Brown. There's just something about it. Why? That that I, I can't I can't tell you. It, it's but what just is a, it? It's though? a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling. So it's an bring, absolute gut feeling, dude. I love his attitude. So the let me fact ask you this that much he, right now. Two you, different you bring years, in Cam Ward. You would rather start Devin Brown? I don't know. I'm not saying Based I would rather. Well, first of all, you bring in Cam Ward. That's going to up everyone's competition but, level, and maybe Devin Brown is, ups his game even more at that point. Let me ask you this though: Who do you start? I don't know because I still haven't seen anything. I'm going off gut feeling here. We haven't you, seen a big enough sample size of Devin Brown. I've seen some flashed plays. And I've seen well, some bad plays. Let me ask you something. I've dude. seen both. Have you ever gone on Google and typed in Cam Ward and watched 15 minutes of highlights? Because there's a hell of a lot more tape on him than there is on Devin Brown. Well, you can't just go all based off of numbers and everything else. Yeah, I mean, you can't go off of numbers and experience. You got to go off no. of what you think might happen in your hole. Who do you who do you think <laughs> who do you who do you think had the better QBR last year, Kyle McCord or Cam Ward? Cam Ward. I, shit, no. I don't know. If you look at top uh, five passes. No, Kyle McCord had a better QBR than Cam Ward. Do you know why that is? Because he had Marvin Harrison Jr. that caught all those passes that should have been. Well, guess who we're not going to have next year? Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, guess who we are going to have? Cam Ward. <laughs> Jesus. Listen, I'm, I I hope I'm – in a way, I'm okay if I'm wrong because if are I'm you wrong gonna say and we brought in Cam Ward – when we bring Absolutely. In. I'll apologize. And obviously, I want, that, have, I want that document. I wish I had a sonographer, like one of those ones on your back, a little lady in a typewriter. I got one over – I've been recording this whole thing on my phone just so that way <laughs> – because I want to uh, know right now. I'm telling you okay, right now. Okay, so whatever promises in, I'm making, line. you have to make the same promises. So I want a full apology from you when Devin Brown is the starter next year or Lincoln Kineholtz. I will tell you this much right now. If a top 10, I'm going to say, because there's always the chance that Ryan Day pulls out somebody that we haven't thought about yet. But there always is even your your boy from uh, uh, Toledo's in the portal, too. Yeah, Daquan Finn. Yeah, so I don't think he's a good enough. Pa- I don't think he's a good enough passer for Ryan Day, he but I be, do. He's too much of a runner, but but I th- I think he'd be a great person to bring in. If Ryan Day brings in one of these top ten quarterbacks in the portal, and he doesn't start, it will be because of injury. That's a hundred percent it. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Let me ask you this. Can I ask you one question before we go into something else? Yeah. Why would you bring in Cam Ward if you weren't going to start him? To Why? shake. Uh, for two reasons, and I already know the answer to this. One, no, you got to shake. I'm getting ready to bust you. Go God ahead. God damn it! Will you let me answer it? Go ahead. To shake the room up, okay, and to spark competitive juices. Okay. To try to get the current players to push themselves to be even better. Because so you think, let me get this straight. So you think if we go out and spend two million dollars. Okay, so that's a different story. On a transfer, and who's telling and who's telling you that we're spending two million dollars? Um, dude, listen to the coaches. All the quarterbacks in the top five are costing about two mil, between one and two mil. Look it up. I understand, but that's all. So you mean to tell me that you're bringing in a top five quarterback that you paid two million dollars for, that the boosters forked out two million dollars for, or whatever you're going to call it, um, nil the nil fund? Okay, mm-hmm. and you're not going to play him? Is that what you're telling me? If he's not the best person in the room, no. Oh, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Really? So you're just going to play <laughs> you're just going to play a person because you paid them that much money if they aren't the best person in the room. But you're going to you play because they're getting paid You ever more heard money. of Giancarlo Stanton? Ever heard of Air You ever heard of A-Rod? 
You ever heard of all these guys that? Are you talking about guys the Yankees overpaid? Are you talking about the guys that the Yankees overpaid for? And why did they play? Why did they play, Davis? Because the Yankees don't like winning anymore. I guess I don't know. They paid them too much money. That's my point. Ohio State and the NIL fund is not going to fork out money on a player that's not going to play, dude. And I guarantee you that. If not, just go get a guy to fill your. Which is kind of why I'm feeling. You know, we're not going to really be bringing in a big time name, in my opinion. Okay. Because I don't know if Ohio State's going to be willing to fork out that much money if they feel like they might have a decent option, especially with Aaron Nolan coming in next year. Yeah, but the decent option is not next year. It's the year after. Aaron Nolan's not going to be ready next year. I agree. He's a, He isn't. He's going to have to sit for at least a year. I mean, so I want him to get playing time, but I think he should not be the starter next year. Well, let me year. ask you this. If you're Ryan Day right now in the position that you're in, one and three versus Michigan, and to be honest, you haven't done shit in big bowl games other than the one revenge game against Clemson. And your career is looking like this. you got an AD that's going out here in a couple months and a new guy coming in. You don't know how he assesses talent. You don't know how he thinks anything. So basically, long story short, your career could be on the line this year or it could be on definitely on the line in two years if you lose to Michigan again or, or whatever the case may be. Are you willing to gamble your entire career on Devin Brown and not bringing somebody in? I don't think Ryan Day is. Let me explain why I would say yes, and I will back it up with evidence, and then you can take it for what it is. My answer at this point from what I've seen, of course, I'm not in there. I'm just going off of what I see from my perspective is yes, I would bank it off Devin Brown because what we've been missing for the last three years. Dude, he sucks. (laughs) You won't even let me finish, damn it. No wonder. How can I possibly explain any of my arguments if you don't let me finish? Because your argument is ridiculous. Dude, he couldn't beat Kyle McCord. You're missing something. This Okay. First of all, I'm not going to debate or argue talent gap or anything like that. And I'm not even saying that's the case. The one thing that Devin Brown definitely has that I've seen with my own eyes. (laughs) Broken leg. He didn't break anything. You might as well have. He can't. He has the competitive fire in him. He had an opportunity to transfer last year, said, I ain't going nowhere. This year on Twitter, he texted or put on Twitter, you know, a bunch of pictures of boats burning. Like, I burned up the boats. I ain't going nowhere. I'm here to stay. I don't care who you bring in. And he's fiery. You've seen him when he gets in the games. He celebrates differently with the offensive line. He has that competitive nature that cj stroud did not show at ohio state that kyle brown or kyle mccord definitely didn't show at ohio state devin brown whether or not you think he is physically the better quarterback or more talented at the end of the day there's a reason jt barrett was as bad as he was the quarterback and never lost to michigan dude there's a reason there is a reason it's because of the competitive nature in him devin brown is not the best quarterback now today in that quarterback room. I'm not arguing the same more with you. I'm not doing it. I'm getting pissed off. If I could, I'd reach through the screen right now and punch Dude, you in the face. Kind is better you're, than he is. He may be. He may be in the long run. So so you think that they're going to bring in a transfer and Kind Holtz is better than him, but somehow he's going to rise through the vapors and start over a that's fine. Listen, dollar transfer and a guy that's already better than him. Don't know. Don't know. Well, we're going to have to wait and find out, but we got a bet on it. So I feel strong enough about it. You can laugh all you want, but we have a bet on it. And then when okay. you're calling me and when, and when you're calling me sire and pouring my drinks okay. and apologizing in front of the entire country that's listening to us, 
or the 37 people that are listening to us. I was going to say, I don't, dude, I, you know, I'm that's fine. To, like, you can think I'm taking so a horrible take and that's fine. Things, but I'm just like, my Lord, dude, this time, I don't know what you're thinking. Listen, I've had a long year, man. <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. I, I, I was going to say, I don't know, but I can guarantee you. Like I look in the out. mirror, I look in the mirror and I see a stranger. Like I, I Vegas, don't know what's happening. I feel like if Vegas put these odds right now where you could see him on like FanDuel or you could see him on DraftKings. Are we at, are we at, pl- look are we at go, plus 4,000? <laughs> are we at plus 4,000 right now? Is this I mean, like you throw a 10 tenner on it? Like dude, I'll waste 10 hot. bucks for a chance to win 400. I mean, it's got to be hot. There's no, there's no doubt about that. This is, this but. is that 17 leg parlay. Can I tell you something? And I'm going to be honest with you. I listen. I, as a matter of fact, I told you the other day, like I hardly did anything at work while, you know, well, that's nothing new. You never do anything at work. But anyway, um, I knew that was coming, but (laughs) so there's 12, 12 people transferred out. Right. And then the 13th today. Um, but during the 12, what was going on? Like, I'm just like paying attention to Twitter because like stuff just like popping up left and right. Left and right, like all these little analysts are saying that. And can I tell you something, dude? You are the only one in the country that is predicting Devin Brown to be the quarterback. Okay. I have listened to so many things. And some people are saying, oh, it might be Keen Halls. Oh, they're just going to let them, you know, let him hold it until Aaron Nolan comes in. There's like all these theories, dude. You were the only person that has said that. That's why I'm so shocked. Okay. And hey, we'll let it ride. We'll let it ride. Okay. I got I got I got pocket deuces and Ace Ace King came out. I'm all in. Yeah, I do. I think what you have now is nothing, but you don't know it. <laughs> but listen, bl- hey, bluffs bluffs still win. It, sometimes it does. I can't. I got to give you that. Sometimes you bluff and you win. Right. I get it. So you mentioned we had our 13th one today. Uh, we've had. It seems like a lot. I think Alabama had like 19 transfers last year. Dude, actually, um, there's. Uh, I looked at that real quick before you get into it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, because I thought the same thing. Like everybody's like, "Hey, what's going on at Ohio State? Why is there so many transfers?" Honestly, we're right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I know. A lot of teams have 20 some transfers. I mean, it's it's really not uncommon. It's a different day and age, but it's still hard to see from your own team of players that you came to know and came to watch and sure there's a handful on there that never really saw the field but some key players that saw the field is julian fleming um chop uh chip trying him uh he announced today uh jair brown cornerback um trying to think of anyone off the top of my head um evan Pryor. I mean, but no big time starters, really. I mean, honestly, the the one that had the that got the most amount of play besides Kyle McCord was Julian Fleming. And I think we can agree that none of us were really that excited with Julian Fleming in his time here, or at least it was very underperforming, it felt like. But I'll be perfectly honest between and we talked earlier uh, of the entire list. Uh, he didn't transfer. But the player that we're losing that I'm honestly the most surprised about is Mayan Williams. Um, I really honestly believed he didn't show enough for the last few years. I don't think he has enough going into the NFL draft, enough draft stock to maybe even get drafted or be anywhere near the top rounds if drafted at all. I figured he would be a perfect candidate after surgery to come back. But he announced he's gone. Evan Pryor's gone. And now Chip's gone. We talked about this. You know what it's making me think? That Trayvon Henderson may be coming back. I mean, 
I can see it. I, you know, if if I was a coach at Ohio State, I would probably tell him to go. Um, I would have told him to go before this when we had our little meetings after, you know, that everybody says that Ryan Day's had the ones that uh, birthed this whole common court situation and and things like that. I probably would have told Trayvon to go ahead and go um, because he's injury prone. The last thing he needs is another year proving that he's healthy right now. And I think he's at the top of his game that he's been at his Ohio State career. So I would probably tell him to go. But, I mean, it does make you think that, dude, because if you really think about the running back room, I mean, we got a couple of guys coming in, obviously. Um, but you got Dallin Hayden there. And really, and that's if, it. Yeah. If if uh, Travion's gone, that's all you have. Yeah, that's a very thin running back room next year if Trey's gone, because we know we've already lost three of them. Three are gone for sure out of the five. It makes you think that, dude. Or is this a situation where, you know, maybe Ryan Day? Because we really don't know, dude. I really think we haven't really discussed it yet between me and you, but we lost uh, several defensive backs. Um, and we've lost, uh, and I think, honestly, offensive line's an issue. And also linebacker, dude. We're missing depth at all those positions. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Ryan Day is also seeking the transfer portal for some depth in those positions. I think he did a better job last year with the transfer portal. Um, I still think we whiffed on a few spots that we needed to. Um, but I think Ryan Day finally understands the importance of the transfer portal. It's just really hard this day and age when a lot of these other schools are just throwing bags of money at people. And Ohio State is trying to keep it within reason. But it, when it becomes a bidding war, Ohio State's NIL still struggles sometimes. Even though you know we can sit there and tell them – you know, the hopes of getting coached up here and, and, you know, your potential at the NFL as an Ohio State uh, football player is a lot higher than most other schools. But at the end of the day, you know, we're getting beat uh, on the recruiting trail. And essentially, that's what the transfer portal is. It's a, an extension of recruitment because you're essentially recruiting these players against other teams uh, that we're losing out on. I mean, you've seen we've had several players this year that we've actually had uh, flipped commitment or we were supposed to get and they went to miami miami's been a big one they've been sending out buckets of money they had they pulled a wide receiver from us a defensive end now uh, our five justin scott our five-star defensive tackle we had as a verbal commitment he just flipped like last week you know ohio when it comes to money i still don't trust ohio state's nil and i really hope that you know if they can continue to try to recruit them on the basis that hey you know there's going to be money here there's going to be some things there, but at the end of the day, you're going to, as an Ohio State football player, your odds in the NFL in a longer career is a lot better than if you go to a place like Miami. You may enjoy a little bit more money immediately, but in the long term of your career, you need to come here for it to be more of a benefit. So I I, I, don't I think hope that, that, that Ryan Day hits the transfer last. portal better this year. I'm just saying I don't think that narrative is going to last. Ohio State needs to change its ways. I hate to say it that, has dude, to. because yes. it has I to absolutely hate this whole thing, the fact that they combined the NIL money with the transfer rule is the biggest mistake in college football. And I mean that you should be able to take an NIL deal and however they want to govern that's on them. And you should be able to have a transfer if you need one. But you shouldn't be able to think, hey, I'm a top five quarterback in the league. So no matter where, because I'm going to be honest with you, this is my mentality, because the way it's going right now, like I said, everybody's saying right now it's a two million dollar purse to get a top five quarterback in the portal. OK, so. In three years from now, is that four or five million? 
Because I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't care where I'm playing. If I'm a top five quarterback and I'm playing at USC and I know if I go in the portal, someone's going to pay me five million to come play at their school and it's still going to be a top tier school. I'm going in the portal. Yeah, but there's going to be a reaction to this and it's not like a salary cap. So well, to they speak. haven't I done mean, it yet. No, no. OK, so here's what I mean. I'm not. At some point, they may create a salary cap. But what I'm saying is at some point, some of these schools only have so much. And if you're going to be paying that much top end for, you know, your quarterback, then these other schools are going to have more NIL money to bring in the surrounding talent. So all of the talent is not going to magically just go with where that starting quarterback is. Plus, when you have these young kids at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and there's someone in the room that's making $2 million, and then the person next to them that's the backup is making 50 k dude, there, there, there's – there's going to be a lot of animosity in some of those locker rooms, and it's going to affect, you know, the culture in, in that program. And especially when these players are making that much money, that that stuff goes to your head. Yeah, but I and, think you're you're kind of downplaying how many actual college football programs are profitable. There's not well, a lot. Your Texas teams are always going to be the ones that are going to be able well, to Well, yeah, dude, your mainstay programs are going to be, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Do you really feel um, like, you know, Mississippi State, uh, with all the uh, varsity sports they have at their school, is profitable after football season? They're not. They may be profitable in football, but if you're talking about what pays for the rest of the sports, they're not profitable. Well, the NIL is only going towards paying players, so it's not going towards funding any of these other programs, and I get but that. My prob- well, you, then obviously you haven't read what's going on then. There's a there's a bill right now that's saying in in the court system right now that is asking for the NIL to be moved to where the school pays the player. Yeah, I've that's seen that. I mean, news it's, it's still not going to be a direct pay for play kind of thing, but there's going to be a way that. Yes, I, I it's going to be school funded. Yeah, I did see that. So, you know, the point is, dude, like if you're so like at Ohio State, I was just talking about this the other day. So Ohio State just recently um, came up with, you know selling alcohol in the stadium, right? Beer sales. And some some number, I can't remember what it was. Don't quote me on it. It was over 13 million and below 20. I don't know which one it was. Okay, but that was profit from beer sales in one year. So to me, like, there's your NL money right there. There's your NIL right there. Like, that's the money you have. But I'm saying, like, dude, is, is you know, is Missouri State making that money? You know, are they going to be able to do anything like that? I, I really don't think so, dude. Is Utah going to be able to do that? I don't think so. Right. That's my point, dude. There has to be governing. And it's not happening yet, but they've got to do something because this is everybody that's saying, oh, well, if you got to pay $10 million for a quarterback, you're not going to have it. Yes, you are. Because the people that are paying $10 million for a quarterback, Oregon, Texas, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, they have money coming out their ass. So ten million ain't nothing for them. That's chump change. That's pocket change, dude. You think they're not going to put? You think they're going to spend ten million on a quarterback and not spend money to put something around him? Right. I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't, but when some of these players are expecting more money and something more comparable, you're not. There's there's definitely players out there that are not going to be content with making fifty k a year while their quarterback is making two million. It's just not going to I mean, happen. That's true, but I'm going to tell you this. Like we just talked about the transfer portals. Like say, say the number one quarterback in the country goes to USC, and I feel like I'm a top five wide receiver in the country. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to USC. I'm going to put up huge numbers because he's throwing it to me, and then I'm going to get in the transfer portal and I'm going to get paid my millions to go somewhere else. 
That's the yeah. truth, dude. It's going to become a business. It's already there. Dude, you know over a 1,000 kids went in the transfer portal Monday? There's like over 3,000 that are in the transfer portal since like the last week of November. It's ridiculous, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unreal. It, it's it's the wild, wild west is what they call it. I'm just saying that I hate what this has made college football. I really do. Free agent. There shouldn't be free agency <laughs> in college football. I'm sorry. Like, it's just not. And like, you know, like like we've talked about before when it comes to allegiance to sports teams these days and how it kind of wavers and allegiance to players in sports um, because they they play for so many different teams. I kind of feel the same way about college. So what are we supposed to do? How, let me ask you this, too, because it's a question that was brought up. How do you judge a college football coach today with this transfer portal? So Ryan Day has figured it out, right? He's gone. He's recruited. He's got three years worth of recruits coming in. Um, he's got it stacked up. He's got a plan together, right? Um, and and then after year one, 20-some scholarship players transfer out. Now your depth, depth chart, depending on what position you're talking about, is completely screwed. So you go, you try to scab it from a transfer portal. Then you hit the, then you hit the trail again, right? You're recruiting, you're recruiting, you're recruiting. Same thing happens the next year, right? And you can't seem to really put together exactly what your vision is at your college. How do you judge a college quarterback in in this climate? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, sorry, college quarterback, a college coach. You know what I meant? Yeah, I know what you meant. Um. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think you have to be very versatile, and I think the younger coaches, unless you're someone that can adapt really good, are going to be the ones that are more successful. Um, I think if you know you're like more your Dabo Sweeney who refuses to mess with the transfer portal, you saw what happened to his program. And at least Ohio, Ryan Day has made attempts. I think he's not been the best at the transfer, but at least he's made some attempts, and there's been some that have stuck. But look at what Michigan did with the transfer portal, and they continue to bolster the spots and the holes that they needed on their offense, especially their offensive line, and they've done great. So I, you know, I think it's not just your recruiting numbers of kids out of high school, but I think it's also it's got to be a combination of what are you doing each transfer uh, portal year, and who are you bringing in because. That's like, you know, it's kind of like 1A is you're recruiting at a high school. And now 1B is the transfer portal. Like you not only can't ignore it, but it has to be part of your recruitment process. And there has to be money set aside at the end of each year preparing to bring in spots from other uh, other colleges to to fill these spots, especially when you, you already truth? have an idea of verbal commitments from high schoolers this week has made me think and I'm not a fan of him as a coach. So don't don't give me uh, mixed up like that. It makes me think Deion Sanders is not that crazy. You know what he thought? He went to Colorado and thought, I'm not going to be able to recruit the kind of players that I want here. So the best thing for me to do is to go into the transfer portal and pick and choose everything I can. Now, did that did that equate to wins for him? Probably more than Colorado would have had if he wouldn't have been there, but not enough. But my point is, dude, I don't think he's all that crazy. What he's doing is thinking the same thing we're saying right now. Okay. And that is that Maybe the recruitment trail, the recruiting is dying a little bit. It's not dying altogether. It's still super important. But I'm just saying, like, with the transfer portal, like, a lot of people are going to be available. And if you have money to get them, you can get them. Yeah. So when you when you're recruiting high school kids, that's still unproven talent. There's no guarantee that the stars next to their name is going to equate to production on the field. And you definitely agree to that. I know you do. A hundred percent. So, but one thing that is more consistent is after you've already seen college experience for a year or two, and then you have an opportunity to bring them in. 
And that is a much more realistic, consistent when you bring someone in. Like we know what we were getting in Igbenosan last year from Ole Miss because we saw it for a year out of the SEC. And he showed it on the field. He was a good player for us this year. He was a key player that we had. Yeah. You know, as opposed to bringing in a freshman that is a five-star, but he also has no experience. And whether he's good or not, we don't know yet. And even early on, it may still take him some time and some coaching to get used to the college game. It's true, but we did it, and we got burned. But that's why I think I'm saying it's 1A and 1B now. I think the transfer portal is almost just as important as your initial recruiting rankings. Now, are you going to have this kid for as long of a period of time? Probably not. But at the end of the day, that's not going to matter because if you bring in a high school kid and he doesn't start right away, he may very well potentially transfer the next year. And that was an unproven commodity that was a wasted roster spot on something you recruited. That might have kept someone else from coming in. But if you bring someone out of the transfer portal that you have seen on the field, their production, you're getting something that's a lot more guaranteed. So I think the transfer portal is so much far more important than people realize. And the difficult thing, too, is and I know what happens, but it's you don't always know who's going to enter the transfer portal. And there's a lot of tampering issues that we've heard that's happening that needs to get under control. Um, you know, yeah, and that's reaching out and just, letting, well, there's a problem when a kid doesn't even, or immediately enters transfer portal, or hasn't yet, and already knows where he's going next. You shouldn't know that yet because you shouldn't be contacted by anyone until your name is officially in the transfer portal. Not a single true, player but, should have been contacted at all before this, this monday is why the money can't be a, a, attached to it too like we i get what you're saying but like at the same point in time you realize oklahoma's quarterback has been there dude and he's won and he has led the big 12 in passing like the last two years he has no reason to enter the transfer portal zero except for finances he's at a top tier program in the united states and he enters the transfer portal because of money. Well, I heard also because the backup is like a big five-star quarterback of someone Oklahoma doesn't want to lose, and they'd rather have him at his youth for a couple years than one more year of Dylan Gabriel and pretty much told him, hey, we want you to transfer because it's this guy's turn. I would I've would. i heard that. I don't know if that's true, but that's I heard that. True. No college football place in the are you going to have a quarterback well in hindsight in hindsight make you transfer in hindsight you don't know is proven but in hindsight wouldn't you rather have quinn ewers than kyle mccord this year do you not think dave might have screwed up a few things and maybe trying to get uh quinn ewers more experience and would you put him higher up on the on the roster than would you have rather had quinn ewers and cj no well then he didn't screw up well, but I mean, I'm saying maybe Quinn Ewers might have stuck. I'm, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I think there's a chance Quinn Ewers might have stuck around a little bit more had he felt like he was the number two, because clearly he was the second best quarterback in that room. But there's no way that Kyle, that he really viewed Kyle McCord as being better than uh, Quinn Ewers, even coming in at 17, 18 years old. I mean, it's possible, dude. I just don't think you can. I don't think any right-minded college football coach is going to chance something unknown versus a known commodity. And not only a known commodity, a known commodity that leads the league in freaking passing yards. Like, dude, no. 
that's not going to happen. They're like, you know, we're afraid to lose this guy that may or may not be good, and we're going to go ahead and kick out the guy that's leading the entire league. In I mean, you might you might be true. I mean, we don't know what happens in these locker rooms. We don't know the real reason why some of these players I just can't believe that. I think it's because the college quarterback, we don't know if Gabriel, to be honest, dude, think about it this right now, okay? So you know the college quarterbacks around the nation, all right? And we know that very few of them are successful in the NFL. They aren't. I'm sorry, they may get buried in the depth charts and make the league minimum or be third string somewhere at best. A lot of them don't really make it that big. Some of them do, but it's rare, okay? Right. So anyway, long story short, here's the thing, dude. If I'm Dylan Gabriel right now, do I really think that he's going to be a primetime quarterback in the NFL? I do not. But he's a primetime quarterback in college. So why not hit the portal and make $2 million? Why not? Yeah. And that's what uh, I'm thinking, dude. I can't I can't disagree with that. I can't. But because there's pay, no this, other reason in my mind that he play, transfer. But this pay for play stuff is not what the intent of NIL was. And that's the problem that I have with a lot of it. And I and I know you do too. Yeah. You know, it, it's the shopping around how much am I worth to come there? And it should be, hey, I'm gonna come there. By the way, if you come here, we're gonna set you up with NIL, and because of this, you're a big name here. Now we're gonna set you up with NIL. But that's not the way it is. They're shopping it around early. If exactly. I come here, I need to be making at least two mil. Okay, like we, we can make that about before. It's a great thing for the players. I don't disagree with it. Um, but when you combined no regulation when they rolled it out with a anytime transfer rule, you're going to have problems. We, they asked for this, dude. They mm-hmm. asked for this and they got it. So I really don't feel bad. I just feel bad for all the real college football fans out there that are having to suffer through it. All right, dude, it's been a long episode, um, but we've had a lot to talk about. A lot we've been sitting We got on a lot August. more to talk about. We didn't even talk about, other than the fact that we thought that uh, we'd treating it like a, uh, you know, like a freaking exhibition game. But the fact well, that we're we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We still have a few <laughs> weeks because I, I, you know, I would prefer to wait to talk about the Cotton Bowl Missouri matchup until we get a little more clarification on what Ryan Day's expectations are with playing and who might be opting out because I'm going to be waiting till real close to game time before I even make my prop bet picks uh, because I have to win all three in order to win for the year. And I need to at least make sure I know who's playing before I decide what I'm going to do. But at least well, early on, you know, we, we were, well, we were six and a half point favorite. And since Kyle McCord's departure, we are now a one point underdog. 1. Do you think 5. that's fair? Um, Yes, because Ryan Day, Ryan Day has come out and said it's an exhibition, and we know we're not going to give. It's not like Ohio State's going to be putting their best foot forward in this bowl game. And Missouri's motivated. To, Missouri's motivated to be there. Exactly, they want to kick our ass, and yeah. I don't blame them. Um, and Ryan Day is not really treating this game that way. On top of that, dude, let me ask you this question before we get off here: Do you think there's a possibility if we do pull in a, a quarterback off the transfer portal? That Devin Brown transfers out, because I still do. Um, I think I think he's made it known for the last couple of years he ain't going nowhere. Um, he's so not going to. Uh, I don't. So th- I don't think. Martell, right before they no, that, oh, don't even get me started on Tate Martell. Didn't um, feels got on campus. Didn't he say he was all along for the ride? Dude, he was all talk. Well, we don't know about Devin Brown either, bud. I I think Devin Brown will transfer. After the spring game, if it is clearly not his job, 
if it is if he still has a chance, if it's still in competition, if we bring someone in and spring game comes around, because he you got to remember he missed. Well, I don't know how the hell he's going to get out of Columbus because he burned all his boats. It's perfect. I don't want him to go nowhere. I want him to compete. He burned all his boats, so I don't know. He wants to be here, man. Do you like you know? Here's the thing, and I'm gonna finish with this. No, 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 no. I feel like you are rooting against Devin. I don't want him. I want him gone. So act, I want you to actively say now that you are rooting against him. I'm rooting against Evan Brown. I do not think he is good enough to be the quarterback here in Columbus, Ohio, especially uh, after the year that we just suffered through. Right. I will take uh, Lincoln Kineholtz. I will take Aaron Noland, or I will take a transfer. Devin Brown, good to see you. Peace. Okay. I think you're dead wrong on him. I do. I think you're uh, dead wrong. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. All right, man. Well, uh, we got some more episodes coming up in the future. Um, I, I don't think we discussed this. Are we going to do a bowl pick'em this year or not? We're going to do one or not? Because we, yeah, I, we need to do one. We we're need gonna to do, do one. one. So we'll do a bowl pick'em, and we'll just put the same old bet like always: dinner, whoever wins, dinner roosters or dinner whatever. Um, but you know, and we'll kind of give a run through of our bigger bowl picks. We're not going to go through like the cheese it Southwest, Eastern, Northern, Southern bowl. But well, be careful because isn't that the one we're playing in? Yes, it is. Might as well um, go on. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, we'll do our bowl pickums uh, this year. Obviously, we still have to preview um, the Cotton Bowl game, do our prop bets, and then really hit on the CFP. Um, you know, as that approaches as well. So we still have a few more episodes leading up to uh, you know the, our bowl game and bowl season stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, we appreciate everyone that listens. Um, don't forget to check out our um, page. It is dtipodcast.com. That's our website. Uh, all of our episodes and uh, links and stuff are all in on that webpage. So give us a check out there. We're also on Facebook and uh, X, which is Twitter. I don't know. It's, it seems weird saying that. Um, oh, one more shout out quick. Uh, Chad, you want to give a quick shout out to additional flavors? We forgot to Absolutely, do that. Absolutely, man. Um, we're going to have Craig on the podcast here soon. We're just trying to get through all this stuff. Uh, once we hit the, uh, you know, a little bit better stride after the transfer portal and stuff uh, calms down, uh, we definitely want to have him on uh, www.additionalflavors.com. Go there for all your seasoning, spices, rubs, uh, anything you need to doctor up your food. Check him out. Um, www.additionalflavors.com. Okay. Wow. That was very sensual. Okay. <laughs> I did not. I did not like that at all. All right, guys, uh, we've carried on far too long. If you're still with us, we appreciate you listening to the end. But, um, again, check out all our social media Get pages. Reach out to us. Get a live share, <laughs> whatever you got to do. <laughs> and hopefully, uh, you know, leading back to what I said at the end of that, you know, Michigan preview game, if you did quit your job to watch that Michigan game and you are unemployed, then you better be listening to this all the way through. Yep. Um, but, guys, we appreciate it as always. Uh, you can catch us on all major streaming services. And until next time, go Bucks. OH. Oh,